He's now raised $98 million for ThoroughPass, but it wasn't always that easy. Listen to how he shut down his former company. Came back from a failed Series A fundraising trip to the Bay. The right thing to do is to make sure we take care of all of the employees and give the rest of the money back to the investors. You're in a tough spot right now. You're not alone. He's been there, but in a short time later, he started another company, ThoroughPass, and listen to how they hit product market fit. Can't wait to present their product, do a big demo, like, you know, hey, and then ask the question, like, do you like, do you like this? Would you pay for, would you pay for this? Well, is this helpful? That's not a very helpful question because people would, you know, they don't want to embarrass you directly. You know, they want to be nice, right? So the, the right way to do, to discover product market fit is to observe people's workflow uh, and to really understand what the pain point is. Make sure that you're being intellectually honest with your research. We all have confirmation bias and even the people that we're interviewing as we show them our MVPs, they want to confirm that what we're working on is the right thing. Do not start scaling until you hit product market fit. Boom. We're on a mission to help founders hit product market fit faster. We do this by interviewing founders that have been there. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell. This podcast is put together by Zendesk for startups. We offer six months free of Zendesk customer support suite for qualified product-oriented companies. Sam, welcome to Sit Down Startup Founder Podcast. Super excited to have you here and share those early moments of, around hitting product market fit at ThoroughPass and also just your experience as a founder in general. Uh, but first, like just for anyone who doesn't know ThoroughPass, can you just let us know how many employees you have, how much money you've raised, just to kind of put things in perspective? Adam, great to, great to be here. Uh, really glad to, to, to be talking about my experience. Uh, so we're ThoroughPass, uh, founded about five years ago. Uh, I'm Sam, co-founder and CEO of ThoroughPass. Uh, until April this year, we were known as Leica. So you may know us uh, with our prior name. Uh, we decided to rebrand in April. So we are a compl- IT compliance as a service company. Uh, we provide uh, solutions for growing technology businesses to help them set up, maintain, and demonstrate their information security compliance program, helping them go through a variety of different audit and certifications, such as SOC 2, uh, HIPAA, High Trust, ISO 27001, GDPR. Uh, if you're not familiar with any of those acronyms, no, no problem. Check out our web, uh, our website. Uh, yeah, and we're about 200 people. Uh, we raised Series C last year, a quarter in New York. Wow. And what's your total funding? <clears throat> I see it on Crunchbase, but I'm curious if you're sharing yeah, that. We, we raised uh, 98 million uh, total to date. Congratulations. Thank you. That's uh, that's you know, so that's a necessary evil in running startups, but uh, you know it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, absolutely. We've had some interesting episodes around just that concept, but if you would first take us into your journey before you get to the $100 million raise, I know it wasn't always up and to the right. Can you share a, a low moment that you had in your journey as a founder? Yeah. So ThoroughPass is my is my second company. Uh, before ThoroughPass, I was the CTO and co-founder of a short tech company called Zinc Platform, uh, which I started with a uh, business school classmate uh, out of HBS. So that was a insurance uh, API platform. Uh, and the concept is, you know, you can check out uh, a, you can, these days you can buy things online and you can check out with a tool like a, a firm, right? To basically taking out a loan at point of sale. And the idea is we do the same thing for product insurance. If you buy a piece of jewelry, bicycle, musical instrument, all the way until cars and houses, uh, we inject the insurance experience uh, at the point of sale. So it was a great idea. I really love it. We did one calculator. We raised uh, a seed round and we're kind of chugging along. I, in fact, I dropped out of uh, Harvard Business School to work on that in, in New York for a year. 
Um, but you know, uh, like many startups, and this was my first company, made a lot of rookie mistakes, uh, scale before hitting product market fit, uh, being a little bit too naive in the in the in the capital market, and you know, making a lot of tactical mistakes. Um, and in uh, 2019, uh, sorry, 20, 2018, uh, you know, one day, look at the balance sheet, talk to existing investors. We just came back from a failed uh, Series A fundraising trip uh, to to the Bay. And we're like, you know what, like the right thing to do is to uh, make sure we take care of all of the employees and uh, um, give the rest of the money back to the investors. So mm-hmm. that's what we did. We gathered the group in, um, you know, I think it was a Tuesday morning in our office, like, hey, we have to make the hard decision in here um, to, to wind down the company. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take care of everybody. But uh, we love the, the business idea, but we you know, this is, uh, we're not going to make it this time. That was a very kind of eye-opening moment, right? Because in, you know, if you, if you live in sort of the venture tech crunch, uh, la la land, right, without actually doing it, you only see the good news is a you know, very selective group of information that made it to the, to the media. But, uh, it, it's those, it's those hard moments that make you think that, Hey, one, there are people's livelihood on, on, you know, your, your, your business, no matter how small it is. But also, like you, know, you, you really have to, you know, know what you're doing and uh, make the right decisions for the company. So mm-hmm. the good news is the the venture community is pretty forgiving. Gave me a chance to to do it again, and uh, you know, this time we're doing a little bit better. Man, that thank you so much for sharing that. I can only imagine. Could you take us into like how you were actually feeling right before you go and announce to the team? Yeah. Um, you know, one, it was a it was a hard decision. I think you know we we after a very exhausting fundraising uh exercise right i think we we still love the idea we have just done a pivot right the new product is uh doing better than the old one but uh it's getting to a point where uh we're going to truly run out of money and we won't be able to pay severance for for our people right even if we have to do a hard wind down and we just don't feel authentic to continue to to grow and be able to you know look at folks in the eyes and you know continue to tell them that you know we should keep working on this so, you know, we did a little bit of exploration on, on selling the assets uh, and, you know, selling the technology um, that we build. But the first thing we want to do is to, you know, alert all of our investors uh, as well as uh, taking care of the, the employees. So it, it was a hard moment. Look, um, you know, uh, I was not one of those entrepreneurs who like take a loan or not pay myself, live in parents' garage situation, right? So there's no like real... Uh, like livelihood um, challenges for me, but uh, it's just the first time I feel real world responsibility as as an entrepreneur, and I want to make sure that you know this this doesn't happen again, and you know people don't uh, lose their jobs or uh, you know the the investors don't lose their money uh, due to bad decisions that I made. I love that. Well, there's two things I wanted to unpack. Is there's just a, an advice that is consistent around founders, which is just like persistence keep going and how did you weigh that with right. the reality of where you were yeah that, that that's a great question and i think you know we we are we're kind of indulged in a culture that you know uh promotes uh resilience and you know keep going which i agree with in the broad scheme of things right you should not stop trying to live a successful life you should not stop trying to become you know to do great things and you know be successful in business, even. but that doesn't mean uh, you should necessarily keep going on what your your current idea, your current trajectory. And you know, if I learned one thing as a startup founder, sometimes the the market 
the the vertical that you picked trumps the execution or kind of the drive, right? It's like you know there there are certain ideas that are just not as good, certain market that doesn't have the dynamic that others have. So knowing when to stop, knowing when to give up, and knowing when to you know give up a particular idea, and knowing when to you know take care of yourself uh, is very important. Mm, I, I bet. What's is there a piece of advice that you would tell yourself? right as you were making that decision, knowing what you know now? Yeah, I think um, there are def- there were uh, red herrings or different signals that, you know, both um, financially and you know, from results that we, we have seen preliminary results that where we should have, we should have pivoted sooner. Uh, we should have been more intellectually honest on, uh, you know, uh, bad results or, you know, we didn't, Product, we didn't hit product market fit, but we pretended we did <laughs> and, you know, just hired a sales team because the founders couldn't do the sales, right? Like that's like pretty, if you think about it, hindsight 2020, these were pretty basic mistakes, but for, for first time entrepreneurs in, in, in it, it's uh, a little bit hard to see. So, you know, I would just uh, ask myself to, to be more intellectually honest about uh, things that you learn. Uh, don't be afraid to uh, change course or pivot, make personnel changes. Um, uh, cause it's going to be worse if uh, you do it too late and you run out of time. That, that is amazing. Well, before we get into the market fit comparison, you have an amazing story of knowing what it's like and knowing what you thought it was, but it actually wasn't. Can you help us with the aftermath? So how long was it after you shut down the company? How long did that take? And then what did you do until you started ThoroughPass? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So, you know, we had that conversation, I think it was in you know March or April that year. Um, you know, we paid everybody severance and then we started, uh, you know, taking, uh, we tried to sell our asset, uh, which we, you know, end up did uh, find and acquire. And then we tally up all the uh, capital that is left in the bank. Um, so we have a series, we have a lot of angel investors as well as institutions. So me and my co-founder, we actually went to the post office to, uh, uh, money order, like uh, maybe 30 checks and send it to different individuals or certain people who, you know, we, we returned uh, four cents on a dollar. Um, so they're, they're angel investors who invested uh, 10K and they got $400 back. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I, it was the right, right thing to do. Um, and then very luckily, um, so during that process, um, after being passed on many uh, venture capital firms, right, um, uh, Bain Capital Ventures, which is a awesome uh, fund uh you know they have a big new york office um matt harris is the partner was like hey i really like your ideas uh the traction is not there for us to to do the round but you know in the off chance that the business uh doesn't work out uh we'll love you guys to to come and uh we have a eir entrepreneur in residence program here at bank capital ventures so that's what i did uh and i spent uh, a year there uh basically i like to joke I went to their office, I drink their coffee, I eat their snacks, and I think about startup ideas. So that was a, a nice uh, uh, kind of uh, six to 12 months period, uh, thinking about new ideas. And eventually came uh, with the idea of ThoroughPass. Um, you know, I was the CTO at my last company. Uh, we went through a SOC 2 audit that was an awful experience. A lot of hours, time, money wasted on that process. There's no good tools uh, or good uh, service uh, to, to get this yet. Every B2B startup, fintech, health tech need compliance, need information security and privacy programs in order to mature and continue to grow. So 
the, the genesis came from inspiration from Carta, uh, JustWorks pilot. Can we turn this you know, very mundane, human-heavy uh, experience into a subscribable software business, uh, which is the, the idea of uh, ThoroughPass. You know, in some sense, my uh, failed entrepreneurial experience, but also a startup operator experience, gave me visibility into this pain point, which became ThoroughPass today. Wow. I, that is such a full cycle thing. And I hope that speaks to anyone who's making that decision right now, feeling like it's the end of the world, but realizing it's actually just the beginning of maybe yeah. the right thing that you should be on. I mean, I think that's the beauty of the you know venture ecosystem that, that we're in. Um, as long as you're, you're responsible, you're genuine, um, you take care of people and people's money, um, they're willing to try twice. They're willing to try more times. Uh, and uh, a lot of those entrepreneurial ups and downs, you know, as, as you have experienced as well, it's very hard to learn in a classroom. So, you know, second time, zero entrepreneur, uh, being a zero entrepreneur is a bless uh, in many cases. That's really cool. Well, um, for all the founders that are beginning to hit product market fit or think that they are, and maybe they're right. way far off, could you tell us about what it was like at ThoroughPass when you actually hit? Yeah. product market fit i mean it's a it was a great feeling when you know you, you sort of uh know it when you see it but if i if i have to summarize i think it's really when uh you have real customers uh paying for your product uh that has uh that, that is scalable right so uh which we didn't have uh in my first company uh but for thorough pass uh, it became very clear early that you know we have people who are willing to pay for the product knowing that uh Back in the days, the, the software is early. Knowing that this is a uh, brand new startup, uh, yet they're still willing to, to pay for the product. That says a lot, right? Uh, and uh, that's, in fact, how we raised our Series A. Um, the Canopy Venture led our Series A, and we're very close with uh, the partner, Jeff Raymond, there. And you know, his, he, he, he preempted our round and was like, hey, I'm casually sending you five referrals, and you, you know, uh, a month later, you told me you closed four of them. There's, there's something there, right? So I think the at the end of the day, the commercial traction uh, is 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 really is a is a proof point. But uh, you know, you can also fake it by offering consulting projects or you know doing five different things for five different customers. If you found yourself, your product can satisfy multiple uh, customers in a certain vertical. And we uh, and that you uh, people who are not founders or in our case all three co-founders that we have are able to sell like these are all early signs of uh, part of the market fit. That's amazing. Is there a um, conversation you could share with us that represented like that you walked out of with a customer and you're like, this is it? Like we're there, we're onto it. That's a that's a great question. So I think one one mistake that people uh, tend to do is they you know can't wait to present their product, do a quick, uh, do a big demo, like, you know, hey, and then ask the question, like, do you like, do you like this? Would you pay for, would you pay for this? Or like, you know, what, what, is this helpful? That's not a very helpful question because pe people would, you know, they don't want to embar embarrass you directly. You know, they want to be nice, right? So uh, the, the right way to do, to discover product market fit is to observe people's workflow uh, and to really understand what the pain point is, right? And then before you, you present your solution. Um, so, you know, that's that's a, um, usually a, a pretty good way to discover uh, product market fit, right? 
some other tactics like you can put up a waitlist uh, or a you know landing page describing your solution right before you even build it and see if there are people who organically uh, sign up for for the waitlist. Uh, you know you can see if there are you know solution similar solutions but offered as a you know separate feature in a in a different solution that are getting a lot of traction by themselves. Like there there are different ways to do it. But the key here is you you just really need to be very honest uh, about uh, what you're able to find, right? If if it's not there, it, it's not there, right? It, it's just not something that you can fake. And I would argue the whole point of raising a seed round and definitely pre-seed is to prove out product market fit. Save the go-to-market flywheel for for later rounds, and you know do the unscalables, find the product market fit, find the true user pain point before you hit his scale. And don't worry about anything else. You don't need to have the best slides. You don't need to have the best uh, you know, website in, in that early stage because these will all come after you uh, uh, hit the product market fit, which is a magical moment. Mm, that is really interesting. What were some of the ways that you falsely justified that you had product market fit in your previous company? Because because y'all are really smart people and yet you kind of convinced yourself of something that wasn't happening. Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, we gave out our product um, for free or you know, near free, and then there's no engagement on the product, but we sign up a lot of customers, sign up a lot of customers. That's kind of one way to fake it, right? They call it vanity, vanity metrics, um, or we force our friends to use it, right? Another genre of it is you offer really bespoke consulting experience, and then yes, you racked up half a million of consulting fee because you are a great machine learning engineers and you build custom uh, uh, you know, solutions for each of your clients. Great, you just build a wonderful consulting business, but you have not built a successful SaaS company. Right? And you know, obviously different different industries have different uh, you know, metrics that you care about, but paying and growing paying customers uh, is usually a good, uh, good judge for this. That that is really good. Well, um, are there any other like potholes that you could imagine that would be helpful to share with people at just in their as they're in that journey? Yeah, I think it's very uh, important to be conscious and intentional on how you spend your time, uh, which you know uh, I was not very good at for my last company and uh, for this one. You know, every stage is different, so I'm gonna continue to learn how to do that. Right. As I mentioned at the, at the beginning, finding product market fit is the most important thing, if not the only thing, right? So, and that requires you to be very resourceful to find people who is willing to pilot, um, to you know do a lot of research, to you know talk to people, um, and then you know once you hit product market fit and you're scaling, right? It becomes uh, how to build the go to market machine, marketing, how to scale engineering and product on the on the back end. Uh, how to make sure you have you know some level of financial control, investing compliance, and uh, you know make sure things are are secure. Like those things becomes important, which you cannot do them all. Therefore, you have to focus on people uh, recruiting, uh, people management, and you know also on the flip side of recruiting is making sure that people are performing well and uh, uh, you know, make 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 necessary changes when needed. Very different skill set from finding product market fit. Uh, and then, you know, once it scales, the skill set changes again. Historically, you know, the venture community, they basically just swap people, right? It's like, oh, the CEO is an early stage CEO. Now 
now we need a professional CEO, right? I, I think the, the the community has become much more entrepreneur friendly these days, right? There we have we have seen more kind of founder CEO going all the way until until going public. Uh, but they have to be very conscious that it's a different skill set. It's a, it's, a, it's a very different skill set, and they need to be ready to make changes. Uh, and we see the people who are most adaptable become more, most successful, uh, and people who are, you know, less so. You know, they 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 can very well do the best uh, in the stage that makes sense. Uh, but then they need to realize their own, uh, you know, strengths and weaknesses, and look for help. Uh, look for kind of the next level of leaders to help them out. Yeah, well, that's amazing. I um, I think the last question is, what is your superpower as a co-founder, as a CEO? Uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, so, uh, I was told that uh, I'm pretty good at and I enjoy um sort of framework thinking, right? Trying to explain uh complex uh concepts in a way that's under that's you know under tailored towards the the audience, uh, which is a interesting uh, interesting skill. Um, you know, I, I love teaching. I love communication, uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I enjoy doing, which is important to founder trade. I also really like to tinker uh, ideas, right? There are industries that, yeah, and that's partially driven by you know one year at Bank Capital doing nothing but thinking about different ideas. Oh, I saw a pharmacy industry. Maybe we can do something there. I saw, you know, this. Uh, I'm having this pain point as a consumer at home. Maybe there's something there. And you know that level of curiosity is is important when you're looking for a startup idea. It's also very important when you are building a startup, right? There are a lot of tangential fields that people get into that requires that level of creativity uh, that sparks. Oh, I saw you know X Y Z uh, company that is not in our current ICP, but could potentially use our solution. Maybe we should tweak it for that industry. Like these kind of things, and be very uh, curious and open to. Current exercise, I think, is uh, something I'm pretty good at. Mm, that's great. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. It's great. Uh, glad to be here. And uh, yeah, thank you, Adam. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about Zendesk for startups, check out our website, zendesk.com slash startups. Also, we're always looking to improve. So don't hesitate to email me with any feedback on how we can ask better questions, guess the target, or anything else that we can do to better help you as a founder. My email is adam.odonnell at zendesk.com.